And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Thursday, January the 28th, 2021, in the year of our Lord. Today on January 28th, 1986, Space Shuttle Challenger exploded 73 seconds after liftoff from Cape Canaveral, killed all seven crew members, including schoolteacher Krista McCullough. I'm sure you remember that. We all do. It was a particular tragedy, even beyond the normal tragic aspect of it, in that she was the first school teacher to go up in a spaceship, and there were schools all across the country had made arrangements for their kids to watch this in classrooms. I don't know how many schools, but like tons of them, many, many schools. It was a big moment for school teachers and education and so on. So these kids were watching this liftoff live, and this happened right in front of them. As he always did, President Ronald Reagan seemed to know what to say and when to say it. I'll never forget he came on the air shortly after this tragedy that had happened right in front of America and the world. And as I said, all these little kids that were watching. And he said this in part, Ronald Reagan, shortly after this Challenger disaster, he said, the crew of the space shuttle Challenger honored us by the manner in which they lived their lives. He said, we will never forget them, nor the last time we saw them, this morning, as they prepared for their journey and waved goodbye and slipped the surly bonds of earth to touch the face of God. That was Ronald Reagan. He was the great communicator. Indeed, he was. All that happened today, January 28, 1986. Today in AD 814, the Holy Roman Emperor Charlemagne, he died in Germany, what is now Germany. It wasn't called Germany then. Today in 1547, England's King Henry VIII, he died. He was succeeded by his nine-year-old son, Edward VI. Today in 1911, the notorious Hope Diamond, very famous too, infamous actually, <laughs> The Hope Diamond was sold by jeweler uh, Pierre Cartier to socialites Edward and Evelyn McLean of Washington, D.C. In 1911, they paid $180,000 for it. I didn't think about this before we came on the air today. I would have looked up what $180,000 in 1911 would be today in 2021. I don't know. It would be a lot more, obviously. Today in 1916, Louis Brandeis was nominated by President Woodrow Wilson to the Supreme Court. Brandeis was, a, was confirmed. He became the court's first Jewish member. Today in 1956, Elvis Presley made his first national TV appearance on Stage Show. Not Ed Sullivan, but Stage Show. That was a CBS program. It was hosted by Tommy and Jimmy Dorsey. Brothers, who were great horn players, had a great orchestra. Tommy Dorsey played the trombone and Jimmy Dorsey played the trumpet. Elvis Presley. Oh my. Today in 1973, there was a ceasefire officially went into effect in the Vietnam War. I mentioned this yesterday because they had signed the, this was the day after the signing of the Paris Peace Accords in, uh, by the United States, North Vietnam, and South Vietnam. Ten years ago today, the nation's largest cable TV company, Comcast, they uh, were given final approval to buy NBC, Universal, NBC Television, and they did. 
One year ago today, the United States, according to Associated Press, this is how they word this, Associated Press. One year ago today, the United States and several other nations prepared to airlift citizens out of the Chinese city at the center of a virus outbreak that had killed more than 100 people. They can't even say the name Wuhan. That's how politically correct and hamstrung the media is. They can't even say it. A city. Everybody knows what the city was. Was Wuhan. And all through our history of disease, infectious diseases, every one of these virus pandemic kind of things have been associated by name, not in a derogatory way, but just associated with where they came from. Ebola, I think that's a, a river by where this first emerged in Africa. And the Spanish flu, I mean, it wasn't didn't even come from Spain, but Spain got tagged with it. Um, it actually came from China, as a matter of fact. But all of these things, the bird flu, you know, birds, and I mean, they identified it. There hasn't been this big uproar. All of a sudden, we've become so censored and so so-called progressive regressed that we can't even say the name of where these things come from. They can't say the name Wuhan unless it's in a kind of a, you know, celebratory way. That's sad, but that is endemic in the news. And that's why you want to uh, just be discerning. And every day we write an article on our, on our website, have been doing this since 2004. A lot of people read it and I'm, I'm honored and humbled. But uh, every day when I finish that article, that's published early in the morning. If you don't get that, you should. You don't, you're not going to get a bunch of fundraising stuff and all that kind of thing on there. I mean, we obviously need our, our budget, and I'm about to tell you that in a moment. But um, I'm on a lot of websites of people that I really like. I like the organization, and I'm supportive of them and what they do, and I'm very interested in it. But, boy, I get sick and tired. I mean, a lot of them. I, I get sick and tired of I'll see the name of them like XYZ Ministry or XYZ whatever it is, and I click on there, and it, it's a fundraising letter for the Republican Party, or it's a fundraising article for something else. Not that I disapprove of that. It's just that, I mean, we don't do that. We have never done that. If you subscribe, and it's free, but if you subscribe to our Faith and Freedom Daily, that's what we call the article that I write every day. If you subscribe to that, that's what you're going to get from us is that. It's not going to be a fundraiser for some organization that probably you and I both support or agree with. It isn't going to happen. And your name will never, ever be least traded, bartered, whatever. Nobody will ever get your name from us to use for marketing or promotional purposes or any other purpose. We have never done that. We will never do that. I promise you. I am I am really, the Republican Party of um, Washington State made a real effort uh, a few years ago to get our mailing list. And I, I want to be careful here because some of the people involved, I think, listen to our this program because I've heard from them. Um, they really made an effort and they really put the pressure on us through a person that was working with us at the time. And um, in fact, the person had kind of committed me Gary, to the state Republican Party, 
that, oh, yeah, well, we can merge all of the names on their list uh, to, you know, the Republican Party list because that's kind of we're all in this together and so on and so forth. Well, I had a meeting and who was then, the guy that was then head of the Republican Party in Washington was he thought that we were meeting for me to hand over all the names on our list of people that support or are interested or read our our daily article or blog. And I didn't know that that's what he thought because I hadn't been clued in. So we had the meeting. It was uncomfortable to say the least, but I just told him flatly, we don't do that. And that person, of course, didn't work with us after that. But um, I just told him, we don't do that. We've never done it before and we're not going to do it now. And this is some years later now that I'm telling you this, we don't do it now. So all that to say, if you want to get our our regular thing in the mail every every weekday, uh, don't be worried about getting on a bunch of lists as a result of that, because you won't. I have very, very strong feelings about it. I, it's just something that I, I don't like personally, and I think as a matter of ministry, that's not exactly up front, so we don't do it. So if you'd like to get it every day, do so. Just go to faithandfreedom.us. And you'll see it there, and there's a little thing that says subscribe, and it means sign up, put your email address in there, and you'll get our article every day. And if you don't want it, don't do it. Then you won't get it, because we don't just send it out in a blanket form either. So thank you for your support, though. We do ask for your support on this program, because our budget rolls around every month. Running a little behind this month, and um, I need your help. So thank you. And uh, I know it's January and the beginning of a new year, and there's a lot going on. Um, so remember us, and thank you in advance. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Or you can go to our website, the one I mentioned a moment ago, faithandfreedom.us. And there's a little tab up at the top there that of the screen you'll see that you can contribute online. And many of you do. More and more of you are, in fact, as a matter of fact. But either way, put it in the mail, do it online, whatever. But thank you for standing with us. It means a great deal to all of us. It's important, I think, that we stay informed today, and that's what we try to do. We give it our best effort every day, and many of you recognize that, and your comments are much appreciated. Your support, deeply appreciated. Thank you. We live in a world of gray a lot. People, in fact, have come to the point where they're a little bit afraid to take a stand, kind of an either-or stand, a light and dark stand, right and wrong stand. We have been prepared for this over the last several generations, primarily in public school. They've taught our kids who have now grown up and have kids, for many of us, myself included, I'm over 40. Um, we live in a world that rejects absolute truth and therefore rejects the Bible as anything other than a religious artifact. And so that has implication. If it was only just about kind of contained in the mind and even in classrooms, it wouldn't be as dangerous. It would be dangerous to the people that were soaking up that misleading idea that there are no absolutes, but it wouldn't impact the culture 
but nothing is done in a vacuum, and I think we all know that. So uh, as a couple of generations have set hour after hour, day after day until the pandemic, in public school classrooms, I'm talking about government-run schools now, not private schools. But as they have sat in their little chairs and then bigger chairs as they grew up and listened to the progressive ideology that's fed to them by Planned Parenthood and other organizations that have interest, the LBG, LGBTQ+, plus whatever else they add to that, they keep growing. They listen to this indoctrination day after day, year after year, and it does have an impact on them if they are not purposefully taught the word of God by their family. And so that's where we find ourselves today, and that's why we find the news has sold out. There's very little news that's really accurate. They don't even pretend to be fair and balanced. Even Fox isn't fair and balanced anymore. I mean, they're more balanced than fair, I guess, if they're coming from a conservative perspective. But we live in a world that's very confusing. And in that confusion, people who are so-called progressive, so-called the elite, they thrive. They thrive in darkness. The Washington Post has a little slogan that they put on their newspaper every day online, and I think they on their print as well, but I know it's online. And it says, democracy dies in darkness. Well, it does. And a republic, we're not a democracy, we're a republic. It dies in darkness as well, and they know that. And you would read that little slogan as though it were a positive statement. I'm not so sure it is anymore. If they can kill America as it is in their quest to remake America, then darkness becomes the friend, not the foe. Those are the days we live in, and that's why we do what we do on this program, trying to bring clarity to at least some of the issues that all of us are facing each day in our culture. Rasmussen Reports published a survey yesterday showing that most voters think the country has become more divided since Election Day. Fewer than one in five say they're confident that President Biden will be able to unite Americans. They don't believe it for a moment. Only 20% of Americans, that's everybody, Democrats and Republicans. They don't think that he's going to be able to bring about unity, but he's talking about it all the time and maybe even wants to. Maybe that's a sincere wish of his. I don't know his heart, but I know he's talking about it all the time. It's oft repeated. Every time he talks, he'll get around to unity in some form or his people will. But there's a great divide in our country. It's much like Abraham Lincoln's America. As Lincoln noted at the time, America cannot continue as a house divided. Of course, he was drawing from the words of Jesus. He said one or the other beliefs will divide us. Ultimately, it'll prevail. But solutions that are being presented today to this division in our country is further dividing us. And I want to talk to you a little bit today about deprogramming conservatives and Christians. No, that's not a conspiratory story. They're actually talking about it, and people who make a difference and have influence are talking about it, and they're talking about it in serious tones. Rasmussen Report found that 56% of likely voters say America has become more divided since the election, 
say the country is more united since Election Day. I can't believe that they believe that. Boy, they're really uninformed. I mean, really, they are. 25% say they think it's about the same. But most intellectuals, so-called, self-described often, but intellectuals, they blame Trump. I think they underestimate us, though. Us meaning conservatives, evangelical Christians. They're wrong because they don't understand the problem, so their solution is dead wrong and probably politically motivated rather than birth in virtue and concern. Because these intellectuals and activists are calling for deprogramming conservatives. I know that's a laugh at first glance, like, yeah, right. They are, and they're serious. This Brian Kloss, he wrote an essay for the Washington Post, which they rejoiced as they published it, I mean, in a heartbeat. It's exactly what they want in their newspaper. In this essay for the Washington Post, it was earlier this week, his ignorance was in full view. I'm not an intellectual, I'm just a guy that grew up in an orchard in Washington State, but I will tell you, he's ignorant because he's not informed. His solution should be concerning to all of us. He writes, quote, the United States has a serious problem with pathological political delusions. So we, so do we have any hope of deprogramming the millions of Americans devoted to dangerous lunacy? He says it'll be tough, but it's got to be, got to be done to save the country. The reason that it'll be tough, he says, is because, quote, psychologists and political scientists have found that once people have gone far enough down the rabbit hole of conspiratorial thinking, it can be nearly impossible to get them back. He says, he says, many, many, many are past the pale. They can't be salvaged, but many can be. I'm wondering, he talks about these conspiracy theorists as far more likely to have a Manichaean worldview. Manichaean is, is, it's a, what, what that is, is a guy named Manny. I think it was around the third century, if I recall correctly. He, he, he became a kind of a self-appointed prophet, but he had a huge following uh, eventually in his lifetime. But he was kind of a, a teacher of kind of dualistic religious systems. He was kind of a combination. And the reason I know about it even is not that I studied it, but I was forced into it as a youth pastor. Because kids in the late 60s and 70s that we were ministering to in, in up and down the West Coast, but primarily and mostly in, in uh, North Hollywood, Cal in Los Angeles, um, these kids were buying into this. They were kind of leaving Mao and his teaching, sort of, and they were reading this guy's writings. And his name was Manny. And he, as I said, he lived, I think it was about the third century. And his beliefs was kind of a Gnostic Christianity, a, a Buddhism, and kind of a Zoroastrianism. Um, it, it was weird. But these kids were buying into it as a, kind of a step up from Mao Tse Tung's teaching in his little red book. 
and they were it was a it was the idea it was a, it was based on the conflict of light and dark and uh, he taught kind of an elaborate system and it described the struggle between good uh, the spiritual world of light and the evil material world of darkness well you go well that's that sounds kind of like the bible and it kind of was there were parts of the bible that were extracted from that and through an ongoing process he said that takes place in human history light is gradually removed from the world of matter and it returns to the world of light from whence it came in other words it's universalism in that respect but anyway the beliefs were based on these religious movements and it grew pretty big and i mean they had churches and groups and stuff from from rome to china and so during his time well that's what this guy this intellectual guy that's what he's referring to and i'm not an intellectual but i know about that stuff because kids get into all of that and as i said in the 60s and 70s we were explaining to kids how to forget that and let me let me look at show you this book with leather covers it's called the holy bible and so this was a very deceptive because there were there, there was bible that had been integrated into the teaching and most cults use a little bible even islam quotes the bible or it takes verses from the bible to make its own in the quran so all the cults do this, and this guy was doing this as Manny, and it, of course, lived long beyond him, and his, their teachings are still around. Well, that's what this guy's referring to anyway. All of that to say that he says that most of us who are conspiratory, which is we conservatives, uh, have this Manichaean worldview. So... He probably does understand the problem then by, based on what he said, but he's in denial regarding the solution. The solution is found in Christianity. The solution is found in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. The solution is found, unity is only found in Christ. There is no real unity outside of a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I know that sounds like I'm biased, and I am. Christianity is the only answer to man's problems. And Jesus Christ is the only answer to man's personal problems. But when a man's personal problems or a woman's personal problems are solved through Christianity, I don't mean it's it's like magical fairyland. We all know that. But when Jesus Christ changes a life, we then become a new creature in Christ. And there's all these other attachments out there trying to get a piece of Christianity. Christianity is real. These others are not. Cults are not real. They're man-based. Christianity is God-based. The worldview couldn't be more different. This guy's worldview and whomever else, and a Christian worldview. Yes, there is a difference between light and dark. Yes, there is that conflict between light and dark. Jesus Christ is the light of the world. Satan is the king of darkness the prince of the power of the air, and so on. So there is a difference, and this trades on some truth, but it isn't truth. And that is kind of reflective of the world in which we live today. So unity is only found when people become one in Christ, and then our differences are obvious, but we accept each other because of our oneness in Jesus Christ. And the closer we become to Christ in our personal lives, 
the more unity that we can find. I will tell you this, if the whole world would accept Jesus Christ as personal Savior, the conflicts of our world would soon wither and die on their own, under their own weight. Because Christianity is a solution to every man's and woman's problem that ever lived on the face of this earth. Jesus Christ is the only begotten Son of God. There are no other so-called prophets. This Manny prophet was, along with all the others, he claimed that, um, he named a couple of them, I can't remember, uh, he, Buddha. He named Buddha and Jesus, and there was one other one that, that's in his teaching. I, I can't remember which one it is right now. But he said that they came, it wasn't Muhammad, but it was somebody like that, maybe Hinduism or something. But anyway, he said those, and Jesus was one of the three. He said, those teachers came to prepare you for me, for Manny, so that he could teach this Manichaean religion. So that finds its way and it seeps through our culture and through our understanding of things as they're happening. He says, those who seek to debunk Conspiracy theories are precisely the people that true believers distrust. He was telling this to NBC the other day. He said, when Armageddon fails to materialize on a precise date predicated by a cult leader, he said, believers chalk it up to a miscalculation and simply pick a new date. The same is true for conspiracy theories. He mentions QAnon several times in his piece in the Wall Street or in uh, Washington Post, and he mentioned it several times on this interview on NBC. But he's really talking about conservative Christians. He just doesn't want to say the word. He concluded his discussion on NBC. He said, we can no longer pretend that conspiracy theorists are beneath our attention. They've shown that they have tremendous capacity to inflict great damage on society. There's much more, but Ocasio-Cortez has picked up on this because she sees that it's kind of a lightning rod and she likes that. She's picked up on it and she is now t saying some of the same things this guy was saying. And she does have a following and it's a growing following of the far, far left. But she has influence. The Washington Post columnist Eugene Robinson, he was talking about it on MSNBC, said millions of white Republicans need to be deprogrammed. That's what he's, I mean, he said those words. Even Katie Couric has been talking about it lately. Remember her from NBC or what? I think it was NBC. She's been talking about how do we deprogram these conservatives? This is becoming a conversation that is happening across the country. And this Alex Stamos on a Sunday news show said that we, he said, we need to cooperate to prevent right wing extremism in the same way they worked on ISIS. So now we who are conservative and specifically evangelical Christians, that's who they're targeting with this. We have become like ISIS and we need to be solved because we are a problem. And that's what's happening in our world today. And certainly we'll be talking about that more as we go along because it's gathering steam. I've been watching this conversation and this narrative. It's gathering a lot of, a lot of um, momentum because it just fits with the secular worldview. Thank you so much for being with me today. It's always my privilege. I'll see you tomorrow.